to the finest crew in Starfleet. Engage. Welcome to a very special episode of The Greatest Generation, a Star Trek podcast by two guys who are a little bit embarrassed to have a Star Trek podcast. I'm your host, Adam Pranica. I'm your other host, Ben Harrison. Ben, I feel like we're is... avoiding eye contact right now. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. Um, this is a very special episode because uh, this is the first time we've recorded the show in the same room with Ben looking at my dumb face. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we just, we watched, uh, an episode of the show. We're in my brother-in-law's bedroom mm. at, uh, <laughs> at my, uh, in-law's house in Los Angeles, California. We just, uh, opened up your laptop and watched an episode of the show. So we're, we're doing an, an experiment here. You know that thing where you catch someone doing something embarrassing and you just can't bear to look at that person <laughs> and they're like, they're grateful that you aren't looking at them? Yeah. That's... That's the intention I feel with with what we're doing right now. Like I, I'm looking to your right. I'm not even looking at you right now <laughs> because it just feels better that way. I feel though like it's sort of more analogous to like when you avoid making eye, t- eye contact with somebody because they have an obvious physical impairment. Sure, and you're just kind of erasing that person from, and that's really hurtful. Yeah, that I think is more accurate in my case because uh, <laughs> you you now have my facial disfigurement in your brother-in-law's bedroom. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, we just came down from uh, Max Fun Con. Obviously, I think everybody knows we record these like pretty far in advance, but we were we were just up in the hills at the uh, annual con of our beloved podcasting network, Maximum Fun, and. Yeah, it sort of gave me uh, a lot of ideas for a possible Greatest Gen Con. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they really know how to do it right. Yeah. For maximum fun. They put on, uh, they put on quite, the, uh, quite the show. A lot of great comedy, a lot of great podcast stuff. If you have it in the, in the budget and you have the time to uh, attend MaxFunCon East, run, don't walk to get those tickets because they're going fast from what I hear. Yeah, I think that might be something that you and I might even attend. I think we are going to do our best to attend. Yeah. I'm almost 100% positive that I'm going, and it sounds like you are interested. So Why are you looking at me like that when you say that? <laughs> the place that Max FunCon East is uh, takes place is called the Inn at Pocono Manor, I believe. My wife and I uh, actually scouted this hotel for uh, Jesse and Maximum Fun when they were thinking about putting on Max Fun Con East, and we went out there, and there was a Star Trek convention taking place. And uh, I would say that I was not... Oh, goody. <laughs> I was not exactly out to my uh, then-girlfriend, now-wife, as a, as, a, as a fan of the show. When you go to a, a Star Trek convention that's at a hotel, like, is it just a bunch of gach in the in the chafing dishes? <laughs> all a bunch of the weird Star Trek food? It was uh, it was a really singular experience. It's the only thing I've, like, even been close to that re- resembled a Star Trek convention. I've never attended one, but um, this was a very... Like, I think of, like, when I've seen those on the internet, like, 
what I think of is like a bunch of people, you know, like, oh, I'm dressed as a as a Klingon and oh, I'm dressed as a you know. Benzite. Right. Yeah. I'm I'm a I'm a real chaotic bro up I'm, in here. I'm not a Benzite at all. I'm just uh, outside the lobby having a vape. <laughs> but these people were all human officers in Starfleet and they had a very like they they all had rank pips on their on their like uniforms that their moms made them and they like were None of them even had weird noses or ears. No, like they. That was like, a step too far. And like rank was observed. So like we were at the at the bar at the hotel, which is like a towny bar where like people that live in this part of of the Poconos come to like where normals go. Yeah, and there would it would be like you know sixty percent townies and then like forty percent dudes <laughs> dudes and dudes and like you know TNG uniforms. And, like, if a guy was a lieutenant and a commander came up to the bar, he would, like, get up and offer his seat to the commander. And uh, That's not even, like, deferential treatment that actually happens on the show. Or in the military, from what yeah. I understand. Like, <laughs> it was just... And, and like, w- was it really about Star Trek at all? <laughs> I'm wondering. I mean, I think it was probably mainly a ruse for some kind of sex thing, but... Yeah. Um, Were there weird uh, flaps in the uniforms, like weird, <laughs> weird openings that you I, don't remember from the show. I didn't get close enough to anyone, oh, but we, we did drive away, and my wife just kind of had a thousand-yard stare, looking <laughs> out the front window of our rental car, and she's like, "What? What? What? What, what did she, we just see?" She's like, "I could never love anyone who is into that <laughs> ever, ever." I was like, "Yeah, totally. I have no interest in any of the things that those people were doing." <laughs> the prophecy was false. <laughs> So this is the same hotel. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I'm sure they change the sheets regularly. Were you trying to deter a possible ticket buyer <laughs> from going to this? Because <laughs> I, 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 the people... I should have rethought this opening gambit. <laughs> <laughs> right now, there's someone who was at that event who also listens to our show that was about to come. And they're like, well, fuck these guys. <laughs> Yeah, I was totally looking at this from an outsider who was also like, I was like a Republican senator who like votes against gay rights kind of guy. Sure. I was like, fuck all of this. Because <laughs> I was secretly like more like those people than I wanted to admit. Yeah. So like, I would love to like get some context. If anybody knows what this thing is, like send us an email, drunkshimoda at gmail.com. I would love to know like what the fuck I saw, you know, because I didn't see all of it. I just saw like the evidence of it in the halls and like the conference rooms like i didn't attend any of of the events so yeah don't i mean if you're guessing i don't care about your guess no if but if you know what it was if you know what it was especially if you were there yeah drop us a line yeah that's interesting yeah and and terrifying this is becoming a speech you're the captain sir you're entitled Type to ramble on about something everyone knows. Adam, we're gonna review on this episode, season two, episode seventeen, Samaritan Snare, or as I've called it, Sci-Fi of Mice and Men. It's <laughs> <laughs> <is> very insensitive. <laughs> um, the Packleds are going to pet Jordy a little too hard. <laughs> um. So West, the boy. 
is gonna go take some more uh, some more Starfleet exams, and the Enterprise is gonna uh, keep going. Uh, and Wes some... is like, "Can I borrow the car? <laughs> I gotta go to school." <laughs> yeah. Well, this is, it's funny. Like, I feel like the um, the captain's log that they open this episode with, it, you know, like when whenever Picard refers to Wesley and Captain's log, it's young Wesley Crusher will be going to, you know, <laughs> to Starbase 155 to pursue his... And it's like... <laughs> you really got to do Picard more, man. That's solid. But, like, while he says that, he then, like, the next scene is him bumping into Wesley on the bridge and, like, and like uh, telling Wesley that they're going to be going together. And it's so impersonal. It's like... Like when Picard is around Wesley, he acts like they don't know each other really. Right. But if he's like making a captain's log, he, he brings talks him about up. him all the time. <laughs> yeah. It's like, uh, what would happen if Wesley found Picard's diary? <laughs> He'd be like, "Wow, this dude is obsessed with me." <laughs> <laughs> he acts so fucking distant all the time, and. <laughs> When the ship got infected with the computer virus, yeah, and they were uh, thinking about dumping all the logs, yeah, like that must have been another angle that Picard had about. Uh, I, I don't want to lose all that all that juicy material. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, we cut to a scene where Picard and Pulaski are really butting heads, and Pulaski is is uh, is twanging on Picard that he needs to. Uh, he needs to go to the starbase for a procedure, and <laughs> this is also really—I don't know—I I, I noticed in watching this that I was laughing at the scene, and you were not. So I'll just say that why I was laughing was they chose to have Pulaski not say what the procedure was, so that it could be a reveal later. You do have an ego, don't you? But it just—it just. It just uh, would be inappropriate for you to carry out the procedure. You could feel the finger quotes around the word procedure. Yeah. It, <laughs> and and it my was mind was racing in a million directions what the procedure could be. You're concerned about your image. Yeah, they were talking about elements of his confidence or manhood. Yeah, yeah. It totally could have been penis embiggening that they were talking about. Sure. And I bet they do it great in the future. <laughs> yeah, great I, penis, <laughs> the best penis, <laughs> really classy. <laughs> One of the best penises in the fleet. <laughs> you could stick four pips on it. <laughs> uh, so the pips are for her pleasure. So the 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 nature of this argument though is that Picard could be getting this procedure from Pulaski, but he doesn't want to because he's like got appearances to keep up, and uh, there's like something kind of particular about his character is like he really doesn't want anybody on the ship to think he has a personal life that doesn't yeah. involve like nerding out about archaeology and reading books. Like it really to me is about not having his shit out on the streets. Right. Like, it's it's a privacy thing. Yeah, it's a more privacy it's, thing, and I think he... More than it's an uh, invincibility thing. Yeah. Well, I think that, like, he has this total aura around him. Stop looking at me. And he has this total... <laughs> <laughs> I've just, just, I've just turned just, away in my chair. <laughs> it's just two guys sitting in a house 
in this. <laughs> in it's the, just two guys sitting in a hot tub talking about Star Trek. <laughs> we could we could record an app in the hot tub. They do have one here. Um, I feel like he he maintains this aura by having him like by keeping himself somewhat mysterious to his crew. At the same time, every time a crew member talks about Picard to any other crew member, it's never about how how invincible and rad he is. They're always talking about how what a great decision maker and reasoner he is. So like his yeah. perception of himself appears to be a little bit askew of what everyone else's perceptions are of him. But that's pretty interesting. I yeah. mean, like that's a that's a really like subtle like piece of writing if they're doing that intentionally. I think given <laughs> given how this episode goes, that might be giving it way too much credit. That might be the only mark they hit. <laughs> so, uh, Picard and Wesley pile into the uh, into the Previa, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, this is after Picard like kind of kind of like curtly announces to Riker that they're bouncing, and uh, that Riker's going to have to do the uh, the science mission in Picard's absence. Um, they're back out of the garage on the Enterprise, uh, pull off down the street, and just as they turn around the corner onto the main drag, the Enterprise picks up a distress signal, and it's a it's kind of like a cryptic distress signal in that like there's just not a lot of information, there's not a lot of meta tags on <laughs> on this yeah. distress signal. It's general distress. Yeah, uh, some some dumpy little ship. Uh, nearby is uh, is putting out distress, and they they do all the classic like. But if we go like answer this distress call, we'll be very far away from the captain, which is a uh, a little misdirect because the captain is not really like. I mean, like if you they thought- should have separated the ship. <laughs> like, do they only are they only able to separate the ship in times of battle? I don't know. Yeah, what's the reg regs on that? I don't know. That seems like a perfectly legitimate reason to uh, fling the saucer back towards yeah. the starbase. Yeah. I mean, why not separate the ship just in general? Yeah, all maybe, the time. Maybe like half of the science ship is on the upper half and half of the science ship is on the bottom half. I don't know. Why do we have to come up with all this great <laughs> stuff? <laughs> so tweet at Star Trek Room if you want head scratchers like this not to be a part of the upcoming Star Trek series, because we'll make sure that shit gets straightened out before the script is finalized. I really do want people to tweet at Star Trek Room, though. Like, I, like a lot of people have, and we really appreciate it. I want this to be like something that is a sustained like siege on a that campaign. Twitter account, yeah. where they're like... Fuck. Well, at least let's take a meeting with these guys so that when we tell them no, they feel like they got a fair shake, right? That would be great. Yeah, yeah, I would love a meeting. So if you're listening to this and you're within the sound of our voice and you have a Twitter account, please tweet at Star Trek Room. We'd really appreciate if it. If you're within the sound of our voices or you're in some weird bedroom, <laughs> <laughs> see if you can help us out. <laughs> this door locks from the outside, right, Ben? <laughs> So they find this ship, they get the FaceTime up and running, and there's a guy with, like, real gnarly vertical eyebrows. We are Paklitz. 
Our ship is the Mondor. <laughs> like a, he's. It, they kind of look like they're wearing like the still suits from Dune. Yeah. Moods a thing for cattle and love play, not fighting. The whole vibe felt very Dune-y to me. Yeah. They have the. It's like it's like if the Baron Harkonnen was wearing a still suit and on a ship. This is what these guys look like. That's exactly where I was at. Yeah. Um. Kind of a ripoff. <laughs> not not enough Toto for my taste though. <laughs> but these guys are real real dummies from the jump. We are far from home. We need help. They speak in very like kind of monosyllabic speech patterns, much like I am doing now, trying to characterize how they speak. <laughs> they uh they sound like a ship full of simple jacks. We look for things. <laughs> yeah. Uh <laughs> And, like, Data makes the point that, like, maybe their speech is not super well-developed, but they're, like, otherwise smart. Which is, like, giving them so much credit. Like... What is your problem? Good guy Data is <laughs> like, yeah, maybe maybe they're smarter than they appear. And Jordy's like, these guys are fucking dumb. <laughs> in in the way that Jordy always seems to do that initially. Let me guess, their rubber band broke, right? Yeah. Jordy, maybe more than anybody on the ship, is really sure of his opinions. Yeah. <laughs> like... Maybe him and Worf, like, are the two that really, like, believe in where they're coming from. Like, everybody else kind of, like, mulls things over and stews on, on, uh, on these issues. Yeah. Jordy has a, has a point of view and he's sticking to it. (laughs) So USS Dumpy is broken. (laughs) And the first idea that the Enterprise crew has is like, hey, let's send over Jordy. Let's send over our best. He can stick these guys back together, no problem. Yeah, and he's like, "I'll, I'll, I'll fix this in no time." And uh, I, I was thinking that this is like basically the same type of problem that they were confronting in the pen pals issue. Fuck you, man. Like, what's great about that is that we're in the same room and you just got double middles from me because that's exactly where I was going. This is what I want to talk about. Yeah. Why isn't this a prime directive problem? What makes the prime directive applicable on the other planet and not here? These guys are idiots. Right. And as far as we know, pre-warp, right? Yeah. I mean, maybe this ship is pre-warp and the pack leads are... I don't know. I thought it was weird programming, like, to put this episode so near to that one, too. This episode feels like it was scripted in season one, and they, like, were like, fuck, we have a week. Yeah, like, it's, like, there's a lot about it that feels very season one. Yeah. What's interesting about that characterization, though, is that characters are saying things like that, too. Totally. Not unsubtly. Like, when they hatch the idea to send Jordy over, Worf is like... What the fuck kind of idea is that? It's a terrible plan. Yeah, yeah. Like, he's kind of indispensable, and we're sending him over alone, and we don't know anything about these people. Riker's like, just chill, dog. It's all right. Uh, A few people have probably sent us this at this point. Uh, The supercut of Time's Wharf gets told to shut up. Yeah. And, like, disagreed with. Like, and, and... A lot of the time when Wharf raises a, a red flag like this, like, he is predicting the predicament yeah like always bet on Worf. really yeah. Worf is uh is not easy to scam you know like if you were running a if you were running a short con Worf is not a mark you would want to like try you know you don't want to try to sell him jewelry at the gas station no you, yeah you don't want to like have him break a 20 and then give you back three tens or whatever no <laughs> uh, <laughs> 
Uh, so, so he's jo- going to flip over your three card Monty table. Yeah. So Jordy beams over there and like the pack leads and they're all like big, like, uh, they're all grimaces. They're all like, and, and it's a little unclear if like, they're all kind of cast as that, or if it's like, if it's a kind of like a big fat suit that they're wearing, but they're all just kind of like big heavy guys and they like start like converging on him and he's like, <laughs> whoa. Yeah, because they're big, but they're also a little soft looking. They're like, like hunched a, over. Like Weird Al in the fat video. Yeah, it's one of, like of, of the alien species that we've seen. Like one of the more fully like these guys are all, all like cast as like like they're cast for like hairline. They're cast for body type, and they're cast for like resting duck face because they, they all yeah. have the same like weird expression on their face it's like pretty like interesting they casting, look like that say. twilight zone episode of, oh i don't know this the one. doctors performing surgery like beautification oh. surgery oh, yeah. and, and all of the doctors are, are ugly. Pigs. yeah <laughs> once once jordy gets them to like calm down though i felt like jordy was like kind of at home like it's like the sociopath is on the ship full of sociopaths and yeah, not only that, but like he's super at home being the best around idiots. <laughs> I think he sort of got a kick out of that. Yeah, yeah. Like being real condescending. He's like being condescending in a way that the person you're being condescending to can't detect. Right. That's his. That he loves that. Yeah. If you ever hear somebody going, "Listen, fellas." <laughs> My love is a Meanwhile, I guess we should talk about Picard and Wesley on their uh, on their road trip. Yeah. Uh, so they have six hours ahead of them in in the uh, in the Previa. They took it into the Toyota dealership and had it tuned up for, for the trip. Uh, Picard is like he's just fucking pissed off that he has to do this in the first place. Yeah. And Wesley is really like catching feelings about that. Like he's he's taking it personally. Like. That Picard is pissed at him. Shut up, Wesley. But really, Picard is pissed that he is going at all. There's a couple levels of tension here, though, too. That is definitely the A story tension. (laughs) The B story tension is like time alone with someone you really respect or or like who has hero status for you for a long period of time. And like we just came from a place at this Max FunCon with like awesome comics and really cool creators. Yeah. And I feel like that's something that is relatable to me in the immediate term. Right. Hanging out with people that you really like and admire isn't easy. And so I think Wes has some of that going for him too. Right. Yeah, it's like it's like you don't you want them to come away from that thinking well of you and and hopefully like the next time you see them they like want to high five you or whatever like right. hey man or whatever. But Wesley is like probably not playing it as cool as as one would want. Like yeah. it's a lot of like Picard trying to focus on the one of the like many ancient looking books that he brought and like Wesley kind of like niggling him with little questions and and Picard like slamming the book and going into the back and, <laughs> and There's that, but there's also that weak ass writing of uh, well, this happens in real life too. You'll be you'll be at a place with someone, and they'll just say like, "God damn it!" Like <laughs> apropos of nothing, and then you'll be like, 
what's going what's, on? What's on your mind? <laughs> yeah, and Picard does that a couple times in these scenes, too, in the shuttle, where he's like, yeah, my stupid heart. <laughs> you see, Wesley, sometimes a father has a heart condition, and... He has to have surgery, Rudy. <laughs> From time to time, <laughs> after a Nausicaan sticks a knife through your chest, Theo. <laughs> he sticks it through you like a popsicle stick. <laughs> he gets to sticking and to stabbing and a beeping and a booping. <laughs> Until your heart goes blah. <laughs> I got you that time. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so the the procedure is that Picard's Picard's heart is fake and it is fake because one time he got in a bar brawl with some aliens called Nosikins and one of them uh, impaled him on a knife and um it was a pretty badass barbara story it was i felt like a little weird about it cuz when he described like the nosikins coming in he's like kind of picked a fight with them because they were nosikins yeah he was like damn picard you did some some seriously racist shit <laughs> like <laughs> like oh you were just in a small town bar and some guys not your race came in and that was enough to for you to like want to pick a fight with them <laughs> <laughs> oh man I wonder if we'll ever see that story I wonder Adam <laughs> um, Yeah maybe maybe it'll appear Yeah maybe a little, it'll come up again Yeah, Wesley is not super woke Because he didn't call Picard out on his like Race shit uh, But his eyes do They do get pretty wide Because yeah. I mean Picard's an older man You don't expect him to be the type that picks fights In a in an outpost, Chili's. <laughs> hey, there's no reason a, a, a Starbase outpost can't eat good in that neighborhood. <laughs> Do you think it's a Chili's too? Greatest Gen, brought to you by Chili's. <laughs> Is eating good in the neighborhood there? I was slogan? just thinking that it might be Applebee's, but... Uh, I don't know. Well, I don't really know the difference between those two restaurants. I don't think there is any difference. I think the trucks go both places. You might have heard us talk about Squarespace before, and you're thinking, what do I need a website for? I already have a bunch of profiles across the different social medias. But isn't it time you had a place online that wasn't owned by a social media company? How about you take control of your online identity with a website of your own? For that, there's Squarespace. With Squarespace, you can buy a URL and build a customized website with your name, and not a giant social media company's name, with your name attached and a bunch of numbers at the end. With Squarespace, you can have a place on the internet personalized to your aesthetic that lets you tell people about who you are instead of an algorithm. And the best part is, you don't have to be an experienced designer or a web page creator to make something great because Squarespace is always there for you with their award-winning 24 by 7 customer support. Don't settle for being another company's product. Be your own product with a website that's all you with Squarespace. Go to squarespace.com for a free trial and when you're ready to launch, use the offer code SCARVES 
to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com. The code is SCARVES. Think it. Dream it. Make it with Squarespace. A good time so often has a downside, doesn't it? Especially when it comes to stuff that you put in your birdie. We've all been hungover before. I mean, many of us have, I guess. Or we've had too much jazz in our gummy. And that sucks, right? Because you don't think about the time after the good time that you've been trying to have a good time. That's why I like Lumi Labs so much. It's the predictability. Through painstaking trial and error, I have found my perfect dose. It's what I can depend on when I can use a little more chill, a little help getting into a creative headspace, and I don't need to have too much fun doing whatever it is I need to be doing. And I'm so glad that Microdose is available nationwide. That means just about anyone can try it. To learn more about microdosing THC, go to microdose.com and use the code SCARVES to get free shipping and 30% off your first order. Again, that's microdose.com and the code is SCARVES. Back for another game. You know it. What's going on? Just one more week till Max Fun Drive. <laughs> Hard to believe. It's been a heck of a year since the last one. We're now a worker-owned co-op. We raised $50,000 for charity last year. And we've added a bunch of awesome new shows. But do you think we're ready to do it again? Absolutely. Lovely new gifts are lined up. The episodes will be amazing. And wait till everyone hears the bonus content. Yeah, plus they know to go to MaximumFun.org newsletter, so they're getting all the news. Oh, like that meetup day is on Thursday, March 21st. Then what's bothering you? Me? Oh, nothing. We're all set for Max Fun Drive to start on Monday, March 18th. I just didn't want you to see this coming. Check. What? Hang on! Most of the plants humans eat are technically grass. Most of the asphalt we drive on is almost a liquid. The formula of WD-40 is San Diego's greatest secret. Zippers were invented by a Swedish immigrant love story. On the podcast Secretly Incredibly Fascinating, we explore this type of amazing stuff. Stuff about ordinary topics like cabbage and batteries and socks. Topics you'd never expect to be the title of the podcast. Secretly Incredibly Fascinating. Find us by searching for the word secretly in your podcast app. And at MaximumFun.org. Is that enough of like a 15 minute break off of the episode? Are we getting back in now? <laughs> <laughs> uh troy runs onto the ship and he's like she's like those guys aren't dumb they're evil and and uh riker's like what really and so they radio up Jordy, and he's like no like i'm just fixing this stuff they're Haven't not they've been watching the episode though on the view screen I think yeah they have like they've got yeah they they they, they put skype on mute and they're just like <laughs> watching what's going on yeah either that or like they don't care if the backlets hear what they're talking about <laughs> But uh, there's some shenanigans. Like, I think Jordy fixes the guidance or the, I don't know, navigation system or something. And then Jordy's the- like the super at like a divey uh, <laughs> rental apartment that's like coming in and, and like the pack leads are like, yeah, my sink's, something's wrong with my sink. And then the sink gets fixed. And they're like, well, yeah, I mean, this outlet doesn't work either. <laughs> Can you fix that? They're like just pointing at shit and Jordy's fixing it. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, like, eventually, like, the ship is back up and running, and, uh, the packleds 
grab his phaser and blast him before the uh, Enterprise can beam him back. And they He's got the little car clicker phaser. Oh, yeah? Is that what it is? I think so. I, I didn't get a close look at the phaser because I was uh, drifting in and out of sleep. It fucking um, blew him across the the room. It was... Yeah. I wonder if they had him on a cable because he really flew. He, he like, got some air for yeah. sure. Like, uh, it, it's it's more violent than the stun setting usually looks. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Um, and they hit him with it a few times in this episode. Yeah. Um, at really close range. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, they put up a shield uh, that Data determines is similar to Romulan shielding, which is way past what this dumb little ship yeah. is supposed to have. It's like putting 30-inch rims on a piece of shit Tercel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, they have a lot of like fox racing decals yeah. <laughs> in their back window. <laughs> Don't make a lot of sense given yeah. their body shape. <laughs> Like, I don't know how active a lifestyle you guys really have. What does a Camry need with Nas? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, they they reveal their 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 true nature, which is that they are taking they're taking Jordy hostage, not to like get something out of the Enterprise specifically, but like they they'll they'll they're happy to just have Jordy as like a engineering slave on their ship if that'll. If that's like the best thing they can get out of it, but if the Enterprise wants him back, like they're gonna need, like like Daddy's gonna need to get his medicine, and mm-hmm. that means like like give us all of the files on your computer and give us technology and give us weapons and and they're, they're like, reading through Picard's logs, like who the fuck is this Wesley? <laughs> <laughs> Delete. <laughs> Irrelevant. <laughs> Um, the, uh, this is a little bit of a conundrum for, uh, for Riker while, uh, the captain is away. So, to be clear, Riker was given two chances to do the right thing. I don't know if you saw this shot. He's, like, draped himself over the captain's chair. Like, I think yeah, he's... He's really, like, man-spreading. He's really got some chill hangs on the bridge. Yeah. Worf is like... Do we truly need to send our chief engineer over to them? Bad idea. <laughs> Troy is like, Lieutenant LaForge is in great danger. And Riker does nothing. Yeah. It disappointed me. Yeah, he really like ignored people who have demonstrated themselves over and over again to give really good advice. Yeah, exactly. And this is, uh, did you notice a couple of the interstitial scenes? Like, they actually show the Enterprise as a ship big-dogging the Packlid ship. The yeah. way they shoot those scenes also makes the ships themselves look... Totally, uh, yeah, totally like, at odds. Like, like it, they're really cool shots, actually, because like the the Packlid ship will be like large in the frame, but the entire background will be like the saucer section of the Enterprise from yeah. below. Like, it makes it look so tiny. You get it practically in the space scenes, but you also get it like intellectually everywhere else. That yeah. these these people are less than and below. <laughs> And underneath. <laughs> and missionary position. <laughs> and butt. <laughs> I am the cutest of all. There are four lights. So, uh... <laughs> so back on the shuttle... Yeah. Uh... Wes and Picard are actually kind of bonding. Yeah. So not... There isn't... There's the cool bar brawl scene, which is cool. Well, the description of the bar brawl, the description of the lynching yeah. scene. That, yeah. 
But that just sort of leads to the idea of Wes recognizes the many sacrifices that Picard has made to attain the position that he's in and begins to ask around about those and whether or not they are essential to the success of a Starfleet Right, like, did you need to forego having a family entirely? Or, like, is that, like... Yeah. Did you make that choice for some other reason? And both generally and specifically, Picard is like... For ambitious Starfleet officers, there are certain costs involved. And Wesley does that thing that I've gotten many times, I imagine you've gotten many times, which is the super awkward sort of unwelcome question about when and how you're going to have kids. Yeah. <laughs> and it it saddened me a little bit that that uh, sort of social grace hasn't hasn't <laughs> applied itself in the 24th century. <laughs> Cuz yeah. it kind of sucks. Yeah. That's a that's an inappropriate question to ask somebody at all yeah. <laughs> unless they're your partner. It's the most uh it's the most intimate question. Right. And people uh, play it off like, uh, like, you going to go see the game? Yeah. Like, I feel like... They treat it like buying a house. Yeah. Parents sometimes think it's okay to ask their children, like, when are you guys going to... Yeah. Not even appropriate then. No. It's like, like we will, we will keep you apprised of any family expansion opportunities that we are pursuing, but for yeah. now... It's weird. Yeah. Which is to say, uh, they do get pretty personal. And unlike the very clumsy way these conversations happened in the Pen Pals episode, yeah. which was just like a uh, an entendre holocaust, <laughs> like it was brutal. Like this really, this like plays it straight. Like the character building in these scenes I felt, I felt were pretty strong. Yeah, yeah. I feel like we learn a lot about Picard. Like for an episode that uh, is as big of a turkey as this one is, like th- this actually oh, yeah, winds up. Don't get up, me wrong. This is a terrible episode. <laughs> this winds up being like a pretty like formative yeah. character scene for Picard, yeah, and to a lesser extent Wesley, I guess. Yeah. Um. But anyways, they arrive at the planet, and Wesley is like following Picard to the to the clinic, and uh, <laughs> and uh, Picard is like, "What the fuck are you doing? Like, go take your stupid test, idiot!" And like. <laughs> And Wesley's like, uh, sorry, the doctor kind of made me promise that I would actually watch you go into the, the clinic. <laughs> it's like when you like drop so- somebody off after dark and you like make sure they make it into their house, even though they live in like a really nice neighborhood. <laughs> yeah, give me a wave from the doorstep. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but so Picard goes in and uh, he is uh, in surgery and his Federation doctors in their like weird like red burka surgery uniforms. I thought they looked like the full body condoms from the naked gun. <laughs> yeah. Our, uh, they go all the way up. They're getting ready to, uh, to, to put him under the knife. And, you know, he's really like, he's in a, a, a real mood, but he's not a great patient in no. that moment. But this, uh, this, uh, surgeon is just brimming with confidence. He's like, we'll all be home in time for dinner. Don't you worry. Mm-hmm. And, um, so we cut away from that, and Riker is hatching a plan to put a con job on these on these interstellar con men that are the Packlids. And so what they do is they like they ra- they FaceTime them up and they start 
saying to Jordy, like, hey, man, like, sorry, there's nothing we can do. <laughs> Our missions are always inherently dangerous, and any of us could be called upon to make the ultimate sacrifice. But here's a bunch of, like, super obvious, like, coded information that we're transferring to you right now. Speaking of time, this may be your time. Which is a bold move, given the fact that they've been... It's, like, demonstrable that the Packleds are more sophisticated than they let on. Yeah. So, like, I don't know why they thought this would work. And, like, the like like Riker does not play it cool. I shall personally miss you. Nope. Data does not play <laughs> it cool. Goodbye, Jordy. Worf plays it kind of cool. Yeah. But, like... Worf is the only one who knows what he's doing in this yeah. episode. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like he, he, like, totally gets the Best Actor Award for this episode. Any classified weapons knowledge you share with your captors will be considered treason. Because, like, when he's talking to Jordy and, like, transmitting code, he's not, like, winking and, like, emphasizing it in a weird way. He's like... You will never attain the 24th level of awareness. Just uh, telling him what he needs to know. It's... This scene played for laughs for me, big time. Like, yeah. I really enjoyed it. <laughs> like, they're all sort of saying goodbye to him. Like, well, Jordy, it appears that you're fucked. Yeah. And uh, I think we need to leave you now. Yeah. Uh, also, you may be a traitor. And <laughs> and don't be surprised if we kill you. Yeah. Worf's dialogue is so great here. 24 is the gateway to heroic salvation. It made me think that, is Worf a part of some, like, weird... Klingon Scientology cult. <laughs> Worf calculated the Packleds would just assume it was some Klingon shit and not, you know, have a way of checking into it. I am such an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> That's how good Worf is, though. Like, he wasn't fucking winking at the camera the entire time. That's just it. You see everyone being a fucking buffoon. Yeah. You're just assuming everyone is. <laughs> You, that's how easy it is to mistake someone for being a Scientologist. <laughs> Anyways. See, I will make myself look stupid if it means having a bit funny. <laughs> then I'm willing to do that. You're uh, you're ready to throw yourself on that grenade. <laughs> um, I, try, I flatter myself that I am, but uh, I just never come off looking that stupid. I don't know. <laughs> Lord knows you try. <laughs> As a ball, you will assist us. I am acute as a ball. You are ball. So the gambit works. They uh, over overcome the Packlids and uh, and are able to beam Jordy back before the Packlids know what's up. And also, like, I guess they like armed them with photon torpedoes somehow. I guess. Yeah. yeah they they dazzled so, them with the crimson force field. Yeah. That's not just putting down a towel, I guess. <laughs> oh, nice. We got to cut that one out. Oh yeah, <laughs> getting a lot of uh, a lot of anger on the Twitter these days. Meanwhile, the arrogant surgeon that is operating on Picard has lost the the thread and is basically like. Yo, fuck, like, <laughs> this shit is not going super well. This is the scene in every Grey's Anatomy where, like, arterial spray is flying around <laughs> and a really sad song is playing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, if Shonda Rhimes had uh, created this episode, it would have been far different. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, that would be good. I would watch that. Yeah, I would. She's not afraid of having, like, a lot of different television shows all going at the same time. So, 
Anyways, they uh, they get Jordy back just in time to warp back to the star base, and Picard wakes up with Pulaski, like, beaming down at him. If uh, there's one situation you don't want, it's waking up after being sedated. And Pulaski, and Pulaski taking <laughs> rubber gloves off. <laughs> <laughs> well, all done. <laughs> <laughs> you, sir, were very difficult. <laughs> uh, uh, Quite a bit of resistance. <laughs> Didn't you know that's futile? <laughs> yeah, and uh, it's revealed that she was the only person, the only doctor, doctory enough to complete his procedure and keep him alive. Picard shows a Picard level of enthusiasm about that circumstance. How are you doing here? <laughs> Not really grateful? A little bit embarrassed? No. So they beam back aboard the ship, and Picard kind mm -hmm. of offhandedly announces to everybody that Wesley did really good on his tests, and that the result of that is that he gets to keep being on the ship. I didn't know the stakes were that high, did you? I didn't either. I mean, I feel like they should If he fails the test, does he stay on the planet? Yeah, like, what the fuck was going on there? Yeah. I thought it was going to be, like, the same test as that episode where we met Chaotic Bro. Yeah. And that, like, if he did well, he goes on to Starfleet. But we, like, don't see what he does. Uh, it's, like, completely... We don't see him playing the Tetris. <laughs> yeah. If the stakes were that high, this was a pretty foundational Wesley episode because he played it ultra cool. Yeah, he's like... He didn't go around asking 10 people for advice. Yeah. It's a, a, a whole new Wesley that we're seeing. Yeah, good job by him. So I think uh, we've already made clear how we feel about this episode. Did you have any anything else you wanted to go over? Other than the fact that it was one of the worst episodes of the series. <laughs> like, it was almost insulting how the problems that were set up were so easily solvable and how people on the crew were like willfully trying not to solve them in a rational way. Right. It's like, like our, uh, our friend Adam Ragusea of the, of the pub podcast, uh, said that like his favorite episodes are where like the stakes are super low mm -hmm. and like, it's, it's just about being Star Trek-y and not about like solving problems yeah. and this like this episode like put the stakes all the way up at the top and then had and then like lowered everybody's intelligence quotient to like make that make the problem seem tricky they weren't they almost blew up a Borg ship in the last episode if they wanted to yeah. and they were in real danger by fucking a ship full of Lennies yeah I feel, like, uh, I feel like we're getting, like, the bends going from that episode to this episode. Yeah, no kidding. At any point, did you find yourself a drunk Shimoda? Incredible. Drunk Shimoda! My drunk Shimoda is the surgeon that uh, <laughs> works on Picard before, uh, before they call in the Pulaski big guns. Just the fucking arrogant confidence this guy had just it made me laugh and like and then like the fucking panic in his face when they cut back to him uh and the operation is not going super well like there's totally like a smash cut to an extreme close-up going we need a micro something something biologist 
<laughs> yeah, way to begin a medical procedure with uh, the personnel that you don't need. Right, yeah. Or, or with personnel that you need but, but don't have. Yeah. So, hmm. that was my drunk Shimoda. How about yourself? Uh, my drunk Shimoda is Wesley because uh, there's a really fun scene in the shuttle where Wes and Picard are talking and uh, Picard's kind of cautioning Wes on the dangers of being distracted by women and (laughs) Wes like jumps all over this advice and is like oh no problem where women are concerned I am in complete control (laughs) like that is not an issue for me I know exactly where to put my dick and like (laughs) Every moment we've seen with Wes has been just a train wreck spinning into a power plant level of disaster. Uh Uh-huh. Like, with all of his interpersonal moments with girls. Like, if he didn't have Chocolate Moose on board the ship, like, he would have never looked at a girl, basically. (laughs) So, that level of confidence in the face of, of, like, pretty strong factual... Yeah, we have a lot of game tape to the, to the contrary. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, that comes up as pretty shimoda y to me. So come on, Wes. <laughs> Who do you think you're fooling? What do we have coming up on the next episode? Uh, our next episode is Season 2, Episode 18, Up the Long Ladder. The crew's rescue of a missing Earth colony leads to the discovery of a civilization composed entirely of clones. Do you have any memory of this episode, Adam? Uh, is this the uh, Space Irish episode? This is the Space Irish episode. Oh, boy. Um, I only remember this episode as being ultra hokey and farmy. <laughs> yeah. Like, do they build a farm on board the yeah, ship? Yeah, they like strew straw around in the in the uh, in the cargo bay. Are there barnyard animals? Yes. Oh my god! I kind of hate this the episode, thing is, Adam. I was guessing all of the stupidest things I could imagine, and you're saying yes to all of them. I I actually. I'm going to veto this episode. I, I fucking hate it so much. Ooh. <laughs> uh, let's talk about the reception before I make up my mind about a counter veto. Okay. <sighs> terrible beyond terrible <laughs> is what it's been called. Uh, that sounds about right. <laughs> God damn it. The thing is, if I burn a counter veto here, it's over. How many more episodes do we have in season two? Like another 30, right? Uh, I think this is a 22-episode season, so there's there's five more. You know what? You got to experience the exquisite joy of (laughs) counter-vetoing me. (laughs) It wasn't that joyful. I had to watch a terrible episode. (laughs) I, I, I... feel some amount of envy for that power, so I'm going to counter veto you. No! 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 I actually get to watch you jump on some guest room bed. See, that didn't go well for me either. Damn it, Adam. I wish I didn't see that. Are you really fucking serious? Yeah, let's watch it. Fuck you. God damn it. (laughs) You know the worst episodes of this show are the most fun to riff on. Well, I'm not going to veto a good episode. 
Yeah, yeah. Why would you ever do that? Yeah. So I just want to avoid watching a terrible episode. The next episode is oh. going to be the most flop housey episode of this podcast <laughs> that we've done yet. God, your reaction to my counter veto is giving me a little bit of counter veto regret. Like <laughs> a little buyer's I can, remorse. I can tell that you're sincere with how much you dislike this. This is a terrible episode, and I'm pretty mad that we're going to watch it. We should bust out some Space Guinness for this. <laughs> space Guinness and Space Jameson. <laughs> I'm excited to see it. Like, I don't think we've you watched... You make an... some Irish Previa bombs? <laughs> <laughs> That's terrible. How that dare is you? terrible, yeah. Um, I don't think we've watched an episode so far that has been panned this universally. Yeah. Maybe outside of Code of Honor. Yeah. Like, this is a Code of Honor level bad that we're sauntering up to. Yeah. So, great. Good job, me. Raise shields. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um... I guess that's it yeah well uh if you would like to reach out to us on twitter please use the hashtag greatest gen i actually accidentally clicked on somebody that was using the greatest gen and are people doing that? i think people sometimes add the or or finish it out as hashtag greatest generation that's we're, not us uh, we're trying to save you some characters by just cutting it down to hashtag greatest gen yeah and uh you know like i think those other two probably are more world war ii and yeah. less star trekky than you want so i mean play in whatever hashtag you want but right. we would recommend hashtag greatest gen we're probably gonna see it if it's greatest gen yeah i am at benjamin r ahr and adam is at cut for time we have Facebook group Greatest Generation. We have a Reddit, Greatest Gen, and we also have the Maximum Fun Reddit, which is a awesome and lively place to go go talk. Uh, Greatest Gen Reddit is looking great too. Like somebody made like a theme for it. Yeah. <laughs> it's got a lot of There's funny a pictures on top with yeah. pictures and stuff. It's great. It's really like it's. I don't know who did that, but it's super on point, and we really appreciate it. It's like it's so like awesome to go look at that. Uh, now, like in like the Facebook group too, which is like getting really active because yeah. it's just like There's holy hundreds mackerel. of people on that group. One of the coolest and most unexpected things about doing the show is how little work we have done <laughs> and seen great shit happen. Like yeah. people are making stuff and putting together communities. I think that's great. It's really awesome. Uh, we are we're tickled pink. Um, well, don't I, say that while we're in the same room. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, if you feel like supporting the show, why don't you go to MaximumFun.org slash donate yeah. and, uh, and see what you can do there. And if you're already a member of Maximum Fun, you can go to MaximumFun.org slash current members and uh, add us to your list of, of shows. Um, we really appreciate that. That's super awesome when people do that. Uh, well, with that, we will be back at you next time with a terrible episode of Star Trek The Next Generation and no hope, doubt. <laughs> hopefully something not so terrible on our side. This is the one episode where the podcast will be better <laughs> than the show it's reviewing. <laughs> yeah. We guarantee it. <laughs> MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.